Hey, welcome to Church Experience. Thank you so much for joining us today at our online campus. If it's your first time with us, we would love to connect with you. The best way for us to do that is if you head over to churchexperience.tv connect. It's also a great place to go at any point during today's service. If you have any questions, any comments, any prayer requests, love to hear from you, love to get back to you, and we would love to be praying for you. Well, I'm so excited to jump into today's message. Let's do that. Let's all stand. Let's sing some songs of praise to our Heavenly Father.
Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful to know that you are for us and you are never against us. Lord, and we just know that you are always with us and on our side. And we just love and thank you for that. We are so thankful for the gospel and just to know that through you we are redeemed, that we are made whole, and that we are free. And Lord, we just want to praise you every day, every day, because you have given us this gift. Lord, there's no one like you, Lord, and we just can't give you enough praise and glory, Lord, and we just love you. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Happy anniversary, church experience. Hey, this is your church's seventh anniversary, which is amazing. But I know that some of you are saying, well, I haven't been a part of this church for seven years. It's okay. You're not alone. In fact, most of us have not been around for seven years. Many of you are new to church experience, which is why we wanted to make this anniversary video to catch you up on our history, because we hope that you're a big part of our future. Now, some of you might also be thinking, hey, the campus that I attend, we haven't been around for seven years. Hey, that's okay. You can still celebrate because you will have your own campus anniversary from when you started. And we're all gonna celebrate that as well. That's a big deal. But we are one church with many experiences on many campuses. And so we all together have a collective anniversary. And today is that anniversary, seven years strong. God's done so many great things. And so I wanna catch you up on some of our history so that you feel a part of what's happened in the past as we move into the future. So we started in 2015. January 11th, 2015 is our actual launch date. We started in high school in Clearwater, Florida on the west side of Tampa. Prior to our launch, we spent about a year going out into the community, doing outreach, connecting with people. The small church that we had at the time, we met in our living room, nine adults and six kids. God did so many incredible things as we built up to not only outreach events, but preview services, and then an eventual launch day in this high school where dozens of people gave their lives to Jesus Christ on that day alone. It was an incredible day that launched a movement that you are now a part of. And then your church was mobile for about four years. We went from a school to a hotel conference center looking for dozens of different places that we could land for a permanent facility. And door after door was closed until God opened the perfect door for your church. We moved to Dunedin, Florida, the next city over, and God opened up an opportunity for us to partner with Pastor Kurt Swan and First Christian Church. We moved there about 10 minutes away from our previous location to rent part of their facility. This church needed to rent out part of their building, and so we were helping meet a need for them, and they provided the answer to a prayer for us, which was to have a building to meet in. And over the course of 2019 into April 2020, a merger was completed between these two churches and First Christian Joint Church Experience. We now have four services on this property in Dunedin, two in the auditorium and two in the chapel. Pastor Kurt Swan has been preaching on that property for almost 40 years now, which is amazing. 
So we've seen so many lives transformed and changed, people baptized and kids coming to kid experience and students learning about Jesus and student experience, life groups being formed where people are finding community and people joining serving teams and making a difference, discovering their purpose. God has done so many great things in the Dunedin area. Over the last two years, your church has caught a passion for church multiplication, expanding God's kingdom in places that you and I may never go, but places where people need to hear the gospel. And he led us to Wesley Chapel, Florida to plant our first church experience location outside of the Dunedin area. And on March, 2021, Pastor Brandon Hughes, the lead pastor of CE Wesley Chapel, they launched and God's been doing some incredible things, forming an amazing foundation. Lives are being changed. People are being connected to your church. And it's so exciting to see what God's doing and he's just getting started in this great city of Wesley Chapel. And not only that, in January of 2021, God sent us a group of people in Butler, Pennsylvania, joined your church experience family. And we together now are impacting the city of Butler for Jesus. This location is led by Pastor Jeff Smith, a great pastor. In fact, the room that you see behind me is under construction. It's CE Butler's soon to be opened auditorium. And we're so excited to see the lives that are gonna be transformed and changed right here in the heart of the city of Butler, Pennsylvania. God is doing some incredible things. We all know that over the last two years with this pandemic, it's been challenging, not only for churches, but for everybody. And God has not only sustained us and got us through it, but he's allowed us to build his kingdom in that time. He sent us three more church planners who are in the process of building churches, planting new church experience locations. Greg Smith headed to Bradenton, Florida to launch CE Bradenton. Warren Blackbeard headed to the west side of Tampa to launch CE West Chase. And John and Stephanie Hinton, who just moved to Cape Coral, Florida in the Fort Myers area to launch CE Cape Coral in 2022. When we look back, we can see that God has done so many incredible things in your church's history. But when we look ahead to the future, we confidently believe that the best is yet to come. And we together, one church, many experiences, get to celebrate not only a seventh anniversary today, but we get to celebrate the hundreds of lives that have been changed, and more importantly, the next life that we believe will be changed in this year ahead. Because everyone matters, every life matters, and you're a part of that. Every life that's changed in every location, every prayer that you've prayed, every way that you've served, every dollar that's been given, every sacrifice that's been made, it's impacting lives, not only in your community, but in all of our communities, as we together as one church advance God's kingdom in this year ahead. So happy anniversary, church experience. The best truly is yet to come. So how do we process, heal, and move on from broken dreams? Unfortunately, every one of us have and will experience broken dreams. Nobody skates through life without having their dreams shattered at some point. 
We have great ambitions. We want to accomplish amazing things with our life. In fact, this whole collection of talks that we began last week, Big Dreams and Small Steps, is all about dreaming big for God, what he might accomplish in our life. But unfortunately, broken dreams are a part of our reality. So as you take notes today, listen, this message is for you or a future version of you when you will at some time, and I don't want this to happen, but at some time in your life when you experience broken dreams, my hope is that God's word will help guide you through that process. And not even just for you alone, but also for the people in your life that you care about. As you take notes today and as we learn together, my hope is that God will impart wisdom to us from his word that'll help us navigate for ourselves and others that we love what it means to successfully work through and heal from broken dreams. So let's get after it. You know, one thing I think that we can all relate to is, is coffee. You know, whether you're a coffee drinker or not, you're surrounded by coffee drinkers in the office and, and where you live. And, and you, you know this about coffee drinkers. There's different types of coffee drinkers. Sure, you have your casual coffee drinkers that do it just to socialize from time to time. But, but you also have your coffee snobs, right? I mean, the people that know exactly what they want and it's real specific. Like, you know, I only drink Brazilian coffee from the mid-mountain region. And, and only with a, a touch of coffee creamer. And that, that's it. Like just, just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And they're like such snobs about their coffee. And, and then on the other hand, you have your coffee addicts. And your coffee addicts, they're the people that if they don't get their coffee first thing in the morning, they are so grouchy around the house. They're so grouchy in the office. I mean, you just don't want to be around them, right? And, and you got all these different types of coffee drinkers. And then you got people like me. There's some people that just can't understand. They're like, what do you mean you don't drink coffee? It's so weird. Like, why don't you drink coffee? Everybody drinks coffee. And I always have the same response. I just say, you know what? I'm saving it for my midlife crisis. <laughs> I'm saving that. It seems like a cheaper alternative than buying a sports car during your midlife crisis. So I'm just saving it. And I'm kidding around, but that, that phrase, midlife crisis, it gets thrown into conversations all the time. People talk about a midlife crisis. What does that even mean? Well, usually people are referring to somewhere in the middle of their life, middle age. They go through a crisis. And, and it's some kind of a crisis. Some people relate it to like a, a, a depression, a discouragement. They need some major change. They're trying to figure things out. Things don't make sense. They're discouraged. And, and there's actually been a lot of study on this. And, and I, I just want to use this for a moment as we're launching into this message because I think it so well illustrates the challenge of broken dreams. I came across some study uh, that had to do with some Gallup polls that were made of, of people and it assessed their satisfaction. And they, and they asked people to rate their satisfaction now in their life, depending on whatever age they were at, now based on their, their estimation of their best life. So if, if your best life's a 10, right now are you at a, a two? Are you at a five? You're halfway there? Or are you like rocking a nine or a 10? And so they, they asked people this question and they, they put the data together and people analyzed it looking for this indication of a midlife crisis. Does it exist? And, and, and you're going to look at a, a graph here that we're going to throw on the screen. It's, it's called the U-curve of happiness. Or some people, as they, they studied the, the data, they, they said it seems like people's happiness is pretty high when they're younger. And, and, and every situation, of course, is different. But, you know, they're, they don't have as many cares as they do when they get older. They don't have as much responsibility. They're enjoying life, their role is to play, maybe get some education, but have fun, enjoy life. And, but then as the cares of life start to be added onto their shoulders, responsibility, a mortgage to be paid, children to raise, all these sorts of things, a career, things to accomplish, like the, the, 
the decrease happens in satisfaction over time. And then simultaneously, as they get into their middle years, not only is there a diminishing of some of the, maybe the joy that they had when they were younger and satisfaction, but there's an increase in the big problems in their life. Perhaps a parent passes away. Maybe there's a divorce. Maybe there's health problems. One person said, as soon as I hit 40 years old, my whole body started breaking down. My, my knees hurt, my shoulders hurt, my elbows hurt, like everything just hurt, every joint in my body. Maybe it's a, a career shift, something that's no longer like it once used to be or an economic change, a financial hardship. But as the problems increase, some have noticed that in that midlife for many people, the fulfillment they got from their, their vision, their dreams, diminishes. And it's interesting because it seems to fall in two different camps. On the one hand, you have people who have accomplished their dreams, yet they found that those dreams were a bit hollow inside. They had accomplished so much that other people set out to do, and they did it, but it didn't solve all their problems. It didn't meet the expectations that they had when they were young. See, there's this, there's this passion that comes with dreaming big. And, and, and we tend to think that those dreams themselves will fulfill so many things in our life and all of what's perhaps missing. And so some people accomplish those dreams and realize that they're empty. And then on the other hand, there's some people who realize the further along they get in life, especially as they get to that midlife point, they realize they're not on pace to accomplish the dreams that they thought would deliver all that they had hoped. They, they, they do the math. They, they see how old they are. They look at others who are further ahead and they realize, I, I'm not on pace to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And, and these things together, an increase in problems and a diminishing of the fulfillment that comes from dreams can lead us to a place of broken dreams, discouragement. Some people can slip into depression. And many people react, overreact in big ways. And, and that's why we, we get a label called midlife crisis because they have a crisis and they tend to do things like go out and change their career unexpectedly, perhaps change a relationship, unfortunately. Maybe it's just something simple like moving to another place. Where we live here in Central Florida, we have a lot of people who are transplants. And many of them actually moved here because of some sort of crisis in the middle of their life. So you get away, fresh start, new place, new season, new people. Unfortunately, broken dreams are a part of our reality, not just in the middle of our life, but at every stage of our life, there's dreams that can be broken and shattered. And so how do, we, how do we process that? How do we heal from it? How do we move on from it? First John chapter 2 in God's word. First John chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everyone or everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. You know, pain, especially the pain of broken dreams, has an interesting way of bubbling to the surface what we really believe in, what we're really chasing what we really want out of life. And God's word tells us that there's a deception from the enemy to, to lure us into the desires of the world that, that never fulfill us. They, they pass away, they fade. And just like the fading of the fulfillment that we thought we were gonna get out of the dreams we had when we were younger, that, that midlife crisis that some people call it, 
The Bible tells us that the desires of the world, these sinful desires, they're, they're passing away. They're fading away even while we live and even while we pursue them. And this this list of three temptations that you see here is interesting because the devil, he hasn't changed his strategy in all these years. He's still tempting people in the same way. And, and sometimes people put lists together when they, when, they, when they look at how the devil works and, and they'll, they'll try to help us understand it by saying things like, he tempts us in the area of our passions, our possessions, and our positions. Or he tempts us by what we feel, what we have, and who we are. Or simply put, sex, salary, and status. You know, the Bible here puts together a list and it says there's these three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh would be kind of like a a general passion for worldly desires. It's just like a following after the ways of the world, living for the here and now, whatever makes me feel good, whatever I can accomplish here that that brings glory to to me, and whatever allows me to build my kingdom here on earth. That's kind of like the, the lust of the flesh, the desire for things of the world that can creep into your life. And then it goes on and talks about the lust of the eyes. It seems to be a desire for the things of this world that's activated by what we see. A, a bigger this, a better that, something that will please me in some way, and, and that desire is activated when we see it. Maybe it's something that someone else has, and we, we're coveting and envying after that. And then third, it talks about the pride of life, which is the selfishness, where it's about me. This is, this is for me. It's all about me. I want it to be about me, my comfort, and my gain. And what the Bible tells us is that these desires are, are passing away. They're fading. They're, they're fading. They disappoint us. They, they, they're dreams that we held on to, perhaps without even knowing it. Even while we're trying to believe in God and live for him, we can allow the desires of the world to creep in and grab a hold of our heart. And so without even knowing it, believers can have in their, their heart this desire for some of the, the things of the world. And, and, and maybe they, they get mixed into our dreams you know, and, and we think that these things will fulfill us. If we could just get more of what the world tells us will fulfill us or more of what we see and want to attain in this life and that pride, that self-centeredness that hasn't yet fully died out in us. And, and we, we still are chasing some of these things. And then over time, as they fade away, we're left with disappointment. And broken dreams can actually be a good thing because they bubble to the surface. Again, they, they bring to the surface what we really were chasing, what we really wanted out of life. And it's sometimes out of that disappointment in life that comes with broken dreams that we can find better dreams, greater dreams. And so what I wanna do is I wanna take those three areas that we talked about. And and I wanna share three life lessons, three statements and three words that will help you process broken dreams, that'll help you heal or someone that you care about, help them heal from the broken dreams of this world and then help you move on from these broken dreams to even better dreams. I'm gonna give you the first one. Perhaps you'd like to write it down. The first one is this. Move in the area of our possessions. Move from do I have enough to God is more than enough. Move from do I have enough to God is more than enough. This is in the life lesson area of provision. Provision. See, there's so many broken dreams when it comes to possessions. Things, not only material things that we want to have and hold and possess, but maybe it was a, a certain level you wanted to get to in your career, which meant a certain level of income or a certain level of provision in your life. And, and there's so many broken dreams that can be attached to that. But the life lesson, the area of surrender for us is this statement. I need to move from asking that question, do I have enough in life? Am I getting enough out of life? To realizing that God is more than enough. God is more than enough for me. There's a shift from, 
a greed, a chasing for more to a, a, deep, a deep contentment which is so much more fulfilling than greed. Greed never fulfills us. It always lies to us and tells us that if you just had a little bit more, you'd be more satisfied. You'd be happier. Things would be better. But in reality, it corrupts and ruins us from the inside out. But contentment satisfies us deeply when we find that God has everything we need and he has exactly what we need, that he himself is more than enough. Earlier this year, I had an opportunity to go up with quite a few people from our Church Experience family here in Florida to join our Church Experience family up in Butler, Pennsylvania. We're renovating a building up there, looking forward to a soon-coming grand opening to help reach that community for Christ. And and some of us were up there working. Our whole family had driven up, and so we were all there working and and staying there for, for about two weeks. And there was a Sunday in the middle of that time, I think it was back in November, where I needed to fly down to Tampa to preach here at our, our central campus of church experience. And then I was going to fly back up and then finish the project and drive my family down. And so I was flying by myself and I, I, I went to the airport and someone else from our church was, was coming up to work. And so we we're going to switch cars at the airport. I was pulling up. They were coming out, hopping in. I was going into the terminal and then they were going to pick me up later on the return trip. Well, in all the chaos of, of coming up to the ter- terminal and grabbing my suitcase, I left my wallet in our vehicle. And so as my vehicle drove away with this other person in it, my, my wallet, which I needed to get on my flight, was also in it. Didn't have my license. I realized once I figured out what happened that there was no time to get them back to the airport in time for me to catch my flight and get down to Florida. And I knew I had to preach. It was Saturday. I'm preaching on Sunday morning. I got to figure out how to do this. And so I went up to the gate agent and I just explained in honesty, like what happened? I'm like, I just don't have my wallet, but it's me. I got my boarding pass here on my phone. Is there any way we can make this happen? He said, well, I need two forms of identification. So we started going through all my stuff together. And I got the nicest person you can imagine. Like God sent an angel, literally. And they're going through my stuff and and, and like, okay, here's a bill. It's got your name and address on it. We can use that to verify. And we're stretching, trying to find something. And, and thankfully, we found a second document. And so they said, well, all right, we're going to let you on this flight. And so as soon as I got on that flight, I was, I was praising God, but I was already thinking about the return trip because I was going to go preach in our services. And then I was going to fly back up on Sunday afternoon to join my family and finish this project. And I didn't want to be stuck in one location while my family and our vehicle was in another state. And so I gathered up from my home while I was there, I gathered up every important document that had my name on it that I could possibly think of. And I I put all of it in my bag. I'm like, everything from birth certificates to social security card, anything that I could find, I gathered all of it together. And I was going to the airport and the one thing that was on my mind is, will they believe that I am who I am? Will they believe who I, I say I am? Because if they don't, they're not letting me on that flight. And I brought every piece of identification that I could bring because I wanted them to know me. I wanted them to know as me, hey, look, I got pictures. I got documentation. Like, it's me. I don't have my license. And I know that's not what you need, but, but I don't have that. But I got everything else. And I, I just wanted them to know it was me. Well, I walk into this massive Tampa International Airport. I make my way uh, through to, the, to the, the place where I need to check in to go through security. And, and there was a gentleman at the gate, and he had his mask on, of course. And, and, and I walk up, and I start explaining what happened. And I'm pulling up my folder, and I'm starting to show documents. This is the moment I've been waiting for since Saturday. And, and, I, and I'm just presenting my case. And, and he stops me right in the middle of, of, my, of my whole presentation. He pulls his mask down for a moment. And he's like, hey, pastor. Hey, pastor. And I'm like, Clint? Like, what's going on? This is a guy that is drummed at our church. Now, our church is about 40 minutes from the airport. 
So there's very few people that attend our church in the Dunedin Clearwater area that live and work over by the Tampa International Airport. But out of all the thousands and tens of thousands of people at this airport, I didn't see anybody I knew. But the one guy who was sitting in the seat that I wanted to be known by, he knew me by name. Hey, Pastor Brandon, it's good. I know who you are. And I still had to go through the process and all this, but here's the lesson I learned from it. God knew exactly what I needed. My desire was to be known because I want to be reunited with my family and get back on the mission. And so the one thing that I really needed God provided. See, by saying that God is everything that I need does not mean I'm not going to have problems. It doesn't mean I'm going to avoid crisis or even midlife crisis. It just simply means this, that God knows what I need and God himself is more than enough. He's able to provide for everything that I need. So get that lesson down as you're processing broken dreams. You might say, well, I don't have enough of you fill in the blank. I didn't accomplish enough. I didn't get to where I wanted to be or this thing didn't work out. Listen, if if you lean in closer to the Lord, he is everything that you need. He's more than enough and he knows exactly what you need. It might be different than what you thought you needed. But you just draw closer to the Lord. You press into your faith because God is everything that you need. He's more than enough. Look what Paul said in Philippians chapter four, verse 11. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Look what he says, verse 12. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any, in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I've been in a lot of different circumstances, but what I've realized is that God is everything that I need, which means, this is good news. Listen, this is good news even in broken dreams. This means that that my satisfaction in life To be a 10, level 10 in satisfaction, does not depend on whether my dreams here on this earth are fulfilled or not. It means whether or not my circumstances are ideal, whether or not my situation is what I want it to be. See, my satisfaction in life does not have to come from everything outside of me. It comes from something, more importantly, someone inside of me. It's the God that I believe in even bigger than my dreams. The great God of the universe, the creator who loved me so much that he gave his own son. So that when I place my faith in him, Jesus, who died on the cross for me, I can have eternal life in him. What an amazing thing that God loved me that much that he gave what was most valuable to him, Jesus, his son, for me so I could have life. What an amazing thing. And so when you're in the middle of your broken dreams, you can know that there's a God who loves you and you can satisfy yourself in him and you can find that he's more than enough to satisfy all your dreams. This is a big deal. It's a big deal to mature to the point where you understand that the God of the universe is with you even in your brokenness and that he will be more than enough. And so today, if you're hearing this message and you're sitting in the middle of a broken dream, a heartache, listen, you have a God that cares about you, who loves you so much, and he'd do anything for you. And he did everything for you through Jesus. So be aware of his presence in the middle of your brokenness because he's more than enough. All right, the second area, we, we talked about this, this first area of finding that God is more than enough. We're talking about our possessions. Well, what about broken dreams as it, when it relates to our passions? Because there can be a lot of broken dreams that stem out of passions, right? There's, there's broken dreams that come from 
being passionate about something that is wrong, is sinful, and we run down that road and we experience brokenness in that area. Or, or maybe it comes from the emptiness of passion. And we pursued passion thinking that that would fulfill us, meaning the passion for things of this world, and we, we got there and we realized they were empty. Or maybe it was through passion that was misdirected. We, we were faithfully following God, but then we, we jumped ship and we started going after a feeling, something we felt like doing, a passion of the world, and it led to brokenness. Maybe it broke something we had going that was really good. And, 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 and there's some, some shattered dreams that we might be living in because of the brokenness of passion. What's the life lesson in this? Maybe you want to write it down. Upgrade from feelings to faithfulness. It's when you upgrade from feelings, making your decisions based on what you feel like doing, to faithfulness. I, I talked to a good friend of mine a while back, and I was like, how are things going? What are you working on these days? And he said, you know, I'm just trying to be faithful. Man, that stuck with me. He's like, I'm just trying to be faithful. I'm not trying to take over the world. I'm not trying to do these great things in my life right now. I'm just trying to be faithful. I just want to finish my race well. I want to honor the Lord. I want to be obedient to him. I just, I just want to be faithful for another day. Be faithful. That's a big step in your maturity, and it's, it comes with this word perspective. Perspective is, is how you see life, how you make decisions. It's the framework in which you live your life. And, and when you shift from feelings to faithfulness, things start to mature and change in your life. You know, feelings are such a strong thing. You might, might, you might look in your closet trying to figure out something to wear this weekend, and you're kind of going through your different options, and you get to the end of the closet like you do every time, and there's this one shirt that you never take off the rack and wear. In fact, you haven't taken off the rack for like a decade. That thing has been hanging there forever. It's like your old high school shirt. It's your old college shirt, and, and, but you can't get yourself to get rid of it. Why? Why? Even though you pass it up every time, you never put it on anymore. You haven't worn it for years. Why is it that you leave it hanging in the closet? I'll tell you why. It's because the power of feelings. <laughs> it's sentimental. It means something. I went on my first date in that shirt. <laughs> it's got stains on it and everything. But you're like, man, I was wearing that kid. When my first kid was born, I was wearing that shirt. I remember that. I'm not getting rid of that thing. And it's like your spouse is begging you, get rid of that thing. That's the ugliest shirt I've ever seen. You're like, no, I'm not getting rid of that. It means something to me. That was my shirt. That was, that was my shirt back in the day. It's sentimental. You can't let go of it, even though it has no use to you. It's a strong feeling attached and associated with it. Feelings can be strong. They can be powerful. They can drive us to make decisions. And, and God can use feelings. He created feelings. It's a good part of our life. But when you start making your decisions all based on what you feel like doing, you can get yourself in a wor- world of hurt and regret, and it leads to a very empty and lonely life. But when you can make a shift in your life to faithfulness, God really can grow up some great things in your life, especially through the ashes of broken dreams. I, I, I chased my passions, and this is where it got me. There's a difference between chasing what you feel like doing from day to day and chasing a calling, obedience. What does God want from me? Look at God's word in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. God's word says, be faithful. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Keep following him. Keep moving towards the direction that God has called you in. And until he gives you a new lead, you follow his last lead. Some of the greatest advice I've ever been given. Until God gives you a new lead, you follow his last lead. I don't know what I feel like doing today. I don't know what God's will is. Okay, just keep doing what the last thing he told you to do. You just keep, wake up every day. You just be faithful to him. You keep following him in faithfulness. We always say around church experience that faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. See, faithfulness compounds over time. 
And when you're consistent at being faithful, God can compound his blessings and the opportunities to use you over time when you're faithful. Are you being faithful? Are you being faithful? See, I, I know you had big dreams or maybe you have big dreams, but are you being faithful to do what God's asked you to do now? If you're rebuilding in the ashes of a broken dream, just be faithful one step in front of another. I don't know what my next dream is. Now that this one didn't work out, you don't have to worry about that right now. You just be faithful. You work on you. God will open up the right path, the right opportunity, and the right time, the right relationship. You just be faithful. You just honor him. Keep looking up to him. You don't gotta look out there and figure everything out right now. You just be faithful to him. You just keep following him. And, and, you, and you might be struggling from the pain of a broken dream. What do I do? I, I, I just, I'm, I don't even know how to move on. I can't find myself even getting off this couch. There's so much pain. I don't know how to re-engage. I don't even wanna be around people. Look, just, just take one faithful step. Just step into community, one conversation. One phone call, just show up one time. You just, just take one step, one step, one step at a time, and, and you put one step in front of the other, and you add those together, and the consistency over time, you'll see God leads. Faithfulness brings fruitfulness. All right, the third and final lesson comes from broken dreams that flow out of position, our position in life, our status. So many people are disappointed in life because they never became the person that they wanted to be. And when they say the person, a lot of times they're talking about a position. I never accomplished what I really wanted to accomplish. It's, it's kind of going to flow out of that pride of life that is mentioned in 1 John chapter 2 where we started. It's, it's like, you know, that, that pride of life, who we wanted to become. We wanted to become somebody. Someone mentioned, you know, I, I just, I, I felt like I never really arrived in the moment that I, I recognized it was when I realized that this person who had, who had achieved an elected office and they were really young. And, and this person writing this said, when I recognized how old they were and how old I was and I saw all that they'd accomplished, and how little I'd accomplished, that was the moment that I experienced what I would call broken dreams or what they would call midlife crisis because I realized I, I, I didn't measure up. I didn't accomplish enough. I didn't achieve the status I wanted. So what's the life lesson out of this? Write this down. Shift from bigger and better to serving Jesus and everything. How do you recover from broken dreams when you, when you have status questions, when you feel like you're not doing enough, you're not sure that you fulfilled the dream that God had for your life? You shift from bigger and better. That's what our world chases. I want to do bigger. I want to do more. I want to accomplish more. To just this. I want to serve Jesus in everything that I do. I want to serve him in everything that I do. And if he has me doing great things for him, then awesome. If he has me doing menial things that nobody else wants to do, it's just as awesome because he's an awesome God. And I'm going to serve him in everything that I do. See, I can still make big progress, and God wants you to make progress. John chapter 15, verse 8, Jesus himself said, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. God, God wants you to bear much fruit. And what he means by that is kingdom fruit, eternal fruit, things that will last, impacting other people's lives. Listen, how can I act and impact another life? Simply, you can invest in another person. You invest in them, pray for them, spend time with them, answer questions, teach them God's word, share the wisdom from your broken dreams, from, from your losses, from your heartache. Help them navigate the pain from their broken dreams. It can change the life. One of the greatest things that you can ever do to make an impact is gather a group of people around you that you purposefully, intentionally, and consistently spend time with and point to Jesus. We call those little circles of people life groups with church experience, experiencing life together in Jesus. And we believe that they're so powerful and we believe that, that many people have a calling on them to be a group leader, a life group leader. And this is a season and a new year where a lot of people are interested in getting engaged and getting connected with others and having a fresh start. And, and leadership is always the greatest need. People to step up and open their home, maybe be a host and say, you can, you can meet in my home. I don't know if I can facilitate and lead, but you can use my space. 
Or someone to say, I, I can assist. I might not be the, litter, the leader, but I can assist another leader. Or I can be a co-leader. Or man, I, I would love to teach. I'd love to share or facilitate. There's so many different ways to go after it. And there's so many different roles to keep a group going, to be the person that, that's the glue that helps hold the group together, to coordinate, make plans, set up the babysitters if there's kids involved, to bring the food. But being a part, an integral part of a community of faith, of other believers, that can make such a difference. As iron sharpens iron, you share your experience, you share your broken dreams and transparency, and it impacts others. There's a great moment inside a group where you just look around at the other people sharing their stories and you say, I feel so good that I'm not alone because I thought I was the only one. And when you get involved in a group, it's a life-transforming experience. And we're about to launch life groups this semester. A lot of our groups just keep on going throughout the year. But we try to really ramp up and get some new groups started. And, and look, if you're looking to start a life group or get involved in a life group, you're going to be hearing some announcements about that over the next couple of few weeks. And we would love to talk to you specifically if you're interested in making a difference with your life, serving Jesus by being a life group leader. Let us know. Let us know. You can go to our website, uh, churchexperience.tv backslash connect, and, and you can fill out the form there and let us know you'd like to be a life group leader, or you can drop a note in the response card during the service. But either way, let us know. That's a, a powerful way to use your life to impact other lives for Jesus. So when, when do you recover from broken dreams and you wonder, did I, did I measure up in my position and my status? You move from bigger and better to just serving Jesus in everything you do. You redeem your career. You redeem your hobbies. You redeem everything for the Lord. And you say, God, I want to use, I want you to use me in everything that I do. And for those of you who feel like your dreams, you've given up on them, I want to share in closing a letter that a good friend of mine gave me permission to share. Uh, his name is Randy, and, and Randy moved from Georgia to Florida. But there was a time where he thought he would never be able to fulfill his dream of moving to Florida this is what he wrote me in an email and he gave me permission to share. He said, I remember when I was working in Georgia, wondering whether I could take a job and it would ever bring me to Florida or if I'd have to wait until I retire one day. I had gotten to the place where I believed that I would have to wait until I retired to actually move to Florida. And I distinctly remember praying during a walk at lunch and trying to decide what to do. I begged the Lord to give me some direction as I didn't want to make the wrong decision. I can remember it like it was yesterday when he spoke to me. And God said, the dream died with you, but it never died with me. He felt like God was saying to him, the dream died with you, but it never died with me. And some of you have broken dreams that God still wants to fulfill. The relationship has kind of drifted apart. Maybe you've even separated. Maybe you're still in the same house, but you've been sleeping on the couch for months and you've kind of given up on ever making it work. Look, just because you gave up on it or because they gave up on it doesn't mean that God gave up on it. He can still make that dream work out. Maybe there was something you wanted to do when you were younger and you just, you just never had the courage to step forward and go for it. Listen, listen, just because you gave up on that dream doesn't mean that, that God gave up on it. And I don't know what the dream is in your life, but as you follow Jesus and serve him and surrender your life to him, God's gonna fill your heart with dreams for him. How do you know if it's a God dream or a selfish dream? Here's an easy way to discern. Do you get all the glory and credit and honor or does God get all the praise and glory and honor from your dream? If your dream is all about you and just makes your life better, it's probably a human fleshly dream. If your dream makes other people's lives better, it's probably a God dream. So what, what kind of dreams are you dreaming for God these days? What kind of broken dreams are you recovering from? I hope you'll take these three lessons and you'll, you'll allow God to work in your life in a fresh way. And I hope you'll allow him to use you to dream great dreams for his kingdom. Because in the end of the day, we want his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right on? Come on, let's pray together.
God, thank you so much for being a God that forgives and heals, for a God that, that breathes new dreams into us when we've been filled and, and surrounded by broken dreams. God, I pray that you would encourage somebody today who's hearing this message that feels like their dream was shattered and broken. God, may you encourage them not to give up, but to keep pressing on in faithfulness to honor you, to, to move from chasing bigger and better to just serving you, to honoring you and living from you, to stop chasing feelings, what they feel like doing, but instead just be faithful to be obedient to you. God, that's what we want. We wanna recognize that God, you're our everything. And when we live for you, we can be content and satisfied in every circumstance, in every situation. No matter if our dreams are thriving or they've been broken down, God, we can find fulfillment because our fulfillment's not in the dream. It's in the dream giver. It's in you. We love you, Jesus, so much. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today at Church Experience Online. We'd love to hear what you thought about today's service. Head over to churchexperience.tv slash connect. Bring your questions, your comments, your prayer requests. Love to hear from you. Love to get back to you. And of course, we'd love to be praying for you. If you want some more Church Experience content throughout your week, head over to our social media pages, our Facebook, our Instagram, our CE website, and download the Church Experience app. We hope to see each and every one of you back here next week. But until then, we'll see you.